sermon title this morning. <laughs> this is week five of our sermon series called Heroes. You have learned that as Christian heroes, there's no guarantee that life will be cake. You have learned that you will do battle against your arch enemy, Satan. You've learned that Christian heroes make it a point to know their enemy. You know that Satan is a liar, the champion of half-truths and mistruths. You have learned that he is an expert at manipulating your desires. Last week, we learned that not only does Satan use suffering to try to separate you from God, he will also jump at the chance to use pleasure to accomplish the same thing. So today I'm going to focus on one particular pleasure, Satan's absolute favorite pleasure that he loves to use against your Christian faith. And that pleasure is intimacy. Now notice I didn't use the word sex. And those two words are, are often synonymous and can mean the same thing. But for the Christian, there is a difference. Intimacy is using God's gift of your sexuality the way God intended it to be used. So let's open our Bibles. We go back to Genesis chapter 2. We go back to the very first wedding, and there God stands. At this wedding, God is the father of the bride, the best man, the maid of honor, the preacher, and also the ring bearer. God himself walks Eve down the aisle, and lonely Adam lays eyes on her for the first time. And this is what uh, he exclaims in pure excitement, pure joy. He says, ah, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And the next verse explains exactly what's happening with that garden wedding. It reads like this, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. How about that? One man, one woman, but now one plus one equals one, doesn't it? Committed to God forever, committed to one another forever, one flesh, and this will become the foundation of what later will be called marriage and family. All right, here comes the intimacy part. So we go back to the chapter 1, verse 28. This is short and sweet. God said to the first couple, he says this, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. In other words, be intimate. Have lots of kids. Be a family. Have a cute little girl like Ivy. Okay? You know. But now it's an intimacy that's protected by their commitment to God. And it's an intimacy that's protected by their commitment to one another. It's an intimacy that is protected now by this brand new mind-blowing one flesh relationship that God has given them. So the purpose of intimacy is mainly and simply to have kids, period. Go forth, multiply. Oh, and by the way, God designed intimacy to be pleasurable, 
Oh, what a great and wise and wonderful God uh, we have indeed. You go, God. Can I get an hallelujah here from God's people? Hallelujah. Okay. All right, you just hallelujahed that intimacy is pleasurable. How about that? Okay, all right, are you following this? So God designs marriage and family to protect the blessing of intimacy, to keep it safe. So it's always something that honors God. What a beautiful thing. But then came the day, didn't it? And you know the day that I'm talking about, Satan tempts the first husband and wife, they fall for it, sin corrupts everything, and suddenly intimacy begins uh, to take place outside of the protecting walls of marriage. Do you know what we call intimacy outside of marriage? You don't call it intimacy anymore. You call it just sex because that's all it is. No love, no commitment, no one flesh relationship, just sex. So what sin really accomplished was this. It changed the purpose of intimacy. God's original purpose was what? To have children. The new sinful uh, purpose of intimacy now is to have pleasure. Huge difference, isn't there? And the devil laughs his way all the way to the bank. Now keep your thinking hats on here. In our sermon series book, A Martyr's Faith in a Faithless World, author Brian Wolfmuller, he's got an interesting paragraph or two where he plums the ways that the sinful world has removed childbearing from intimacy, replacing it only with sexual pleasure. And he gives uh, some reasons for this technological advancements in birth control for both men uh, and women, and then abortion for when the technology fails. No-fault divorce turns marriage into a temporary arrangement. The rise of our hookup culture these days, and then even the courts redefining God's definition of marriage. It's all part of the decline of God-pleasing intimacy in our culture. And there's some fallout to this, okay? I mean, sexual pleasure is by far Satan's most used and most trusted and most effective temptation, and it's caused the most damage to marriage and family, to God's kingdom, to men, uh, to women, to children, especially children over the last few decades. Look at some of the damage that sexual temptation causes. 875,000 divorces last year. That's 2,400 divorces every day. 619,000 abortions are projected for this year. And COVID deaths to date are 713,000. So those numbers are, are pretty close. You hear about COVID deaths all the time uh, in the media but you never hear about the number of abortions, do you? 81% of women, 43% of men report some form of sexual harassment or abuse in their lifetime. And those figures are from 2018. Now, the damage caused by sexual sins really comes into focus when it comes to pornography. All right, I, I want you to think about you know, how pornography hurts adolescents and teens. 
because when teenagers are exposed to pornography, it increases the odds of teenage pregnancy times two. It hinders uh, sexual development at a critical age. It increases the risk of depression and lowers self-esteem, which contributes to uh, suicide in those statistics. Some more facts, 90% of youth between 12 and 18 years have access to the internet. And that's this year's data from Barna. All of this is from Barna now. Over 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. 40 million. Okay, there are 42 million porn sites. The porn industry earns more than the combined revenues of the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. 11 is the average age a child will become exposed to porn. 94% will see it by the age of 14. 47% of families in the U.S. report that pornography is a problem in their home, and pornography use increases marital unfaithfulness by 300%. We'll just have a pregnant pause here. Satan's attacks on, on God's gift of our sexuality and God's gift of intimacy has and continues to devastate marriages and families. And those, those are the building blocks of our society, aren't they? And I'm not the only one who believes that many of the problems our nation faces right now is the fact that so many marriages and families are simply broken. So what do you do? What do we do as, as Christians? What do you do about Satan using you know, uh, sexual temptation and he's just going to town with it? What do we do? Well, we pray. We always pray. Pray without ceasing, uh, God tells us. You know, pray for marriages. Pray for families. The second thing we do is we ask for forgiveness because all of us have been victims of this kind of temptation and, and we all know the kind of shame uh, that, it, that it brings. Present company uh, included. And so we ask for forgiveness. We remember that the blood of Jesus Christ, it cleanses us from all sin, all sin. And so we ask God for a second chance and a clean heart. Number three, Christian parents need to be smarter. Don't think that your child will be immune to this kind of temptation. They will not. You know, you know, so you want to talk to your kids about sexuality at a much younger age than you probably think you should talk to them uh, about this. You talk about the temptations. You talk about the dangers. All right. Number four then help them to flee temptation. Put as much distance between they, them and temptation as you can. Okay, and the fifth one ties into this. Why don't you use technology against the devil for a change? You can regulate the use and the location of the internet devices that your kids have. You know, a lot of parents... Uh, make their, their children turn in all their intimate, or the intimate, their internet devices before they go to bed. They have a table in their room or outside the door of their bedroom, uh, and the kids have to put all their technology there, all right, so they can't sit up till three in the morning and uh, look at it. 
or uh, learn how to manage your child's account on their advice. You know, go to the settings or manage uh, your browser settings or block content on your router. Did you know you can do that? Or here's my favorite one, you can lock the app store. You know, they won't like that very much, okay? You know, and don't expect a lot of help. I mean, don't expect the public schools, don't expect, you know, the state of Minnesota or the federal government to help you fight uh, this battle. It's your battle as a Christian parent uh, to do it, and the church will be here to help you. And man, not easy living as a Christian hero, isn't it? The battles that you have to fight, they're difficult ones. The devil is no pushover. He's been doing this uh, for a long time. His strategy of using sexual pleasure to destroy intimacy and marriage and family, it's diabolical, it's dangerous, and it's effective. But don't you dare give up. You have one who fights on your behalf, who's already defeated sin, death, and Satan. With a jagged cross and with an empty tomb on Easter morning, he is the mighty Lamb of God who does what? Takes away the sin of the world. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the living one who has already armed you with faith and prayer and with his perfect word of truth. That's the worst kind of kryptonite uh, to Satan. You do not fight alone. Jesus Christ is by your side, and so you draw from him. You draw from him your strength and your courage and your cunning and your confidence, and then you go to war. And then you fight the daily battle. You fight the good fight as one of Christ's heroes. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.